Up and Jay Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. That's why I see Good morning and welcome into the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000 and we're streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. With David Kaplan, Jonathan Hood with you. Hope that you're going to have a great Monday as we give you at this time every day, shot or no shot. And that is a Snorling production. Brought to you by. Created by Daniel Zetterman. Brought to you by. Here's Shane Orling. Good morning, boys. You Cap, see? it's good to see you. You still look a little frigid. Oh, uh, I'm warming up now. Boy, it was cold. Holy smokes. I was very concerned, so I lit a candle and prayed. It's like, please don't let my, my friend, my slight friend, get to be frozen out there like a cucumber. Well, let me also tell you, the barbecue in that town, wow, is it good. Q39. Oh, say tremendous. With, say it with me now. State of the art. It was not state of the art. <laughs> say, it, say it with me now. Right back on the program. <laughs> Haven't had any on my intermittent fast for today. Uh-huh. But holy smokes, was that food good. Yeah. Jeez. All right, Shay, what do you have? I got a couple quick shot or no shots uh, about Cap's little road trip to Kansas City, seeing the AFC Championship. To start, after seeing real football in an AFC Championship game in Kansas City, shot or no shot, Cap now believes football's an outdoor sport. No shot. We would have preferred that in 75 degrees in a Correct. dome. Correct, yeah. in a dome. Yeah. Absolutely. And I can't imagine how much louder it would be with a roof on. It was a great experience. It was cold. Those indoor ones are tricky, man. Like the Detroit, quiet. And even when it, when that team's good, the fans get rabid. But it's something about the structure of that outdoor stadium bubbles the sound. You need it outdoors to be that loud. Like Seattle, outdoors, loud. Yeah, I'll take indoors. <laughs> you like the convenience of being indoors. That was say. my first NFL game in 20 years. Yeah. Because I'm always in the studio mm-hmm. or at home. Yeah. So... Hard pass on the outdoor regular thing. No chance. Okay, also related to your trip to Kansas City, shot or no shot, you now see why conference championships need to be home games. Uh, That is a shot. That is a shot. It's not going to matter. They're going to do this. It's going to make it neutral sites. But, yeah, it was to see that experience and to know, like our friends, that's their team. It's always been their team. To see... Just the ins- the whole city lit up red at night. Every building's red. Yeah, it was really freaking cool, and I'm jealous as hell that our team is so... Fu- what? They're in the Super Bowl. We're dead last. Mm-hmm. Dead last. You know what it looks like. Yep. Even around television, you know what a, a great team or a team that's on the precipice of winning the other championship looks like. Head coach, top-notch, top-shelf with Andy Reid. You see Philadelphia on the other side, again... World, a really solid organization trying to win the Super Bowl again without Nick Foles this time. Yes. All right, no Philly special. It's just Jalen Hurts. You know what the best looks like. Yeah. And, then, and, that's, and, that, and if, if people wonder how long it's going to take the Bears to get there, watch the Super Bowl. Watch the playoffs. That's what it takes. Multiple difference-making talent. Well, we got that. No, you don't. Oh, my goodness. The, the gulf between those oh, my two God. or those four. And our team? Yeah. Oh, my God. So it's like the distance between Los Angeles and New York by car. Correct. That's how far it is. That's correct. Very great analogy. Shay. Shay, any questions for me? Go ahead. Did you go to Kansas City, Hoodie? No, I did not. Hoodie, shot or no shot, conference championship games need to be home games. 
Uh, yeah, you know what? So to me, this is what you shoot for. I say a shot because that's what you shoot for. So what's the regular season mean if it's like, okay, here we go, the conference championship, we're going to play these games uh, in Los Angeles? Okay, well, are our fans showing up? There is a difference. You you win these games to be able to say, I got home field advantage. If you're Kansas City, would you rather play that game in Kansas City with all your fans? Mixed in with some Bengals fans as well, but primarily Kansas City fans are, nope, we're going to play this in Atlanta. Well, it's not like they won't travel, but it won't have the same feel. Correct. Well, also, they're going to play it in Atlanta and lock the doors shut unless you're media or NFL employee or corporation or sales or whatever. Yeah, I mean, if you're a fan, you're not going to that game. It just it, it won't. It would feel like the Super Bowl, where on the on the good seats, all corporate seats. No, there's no fandom. There's no cheering. But the other seats up top, that's where the the fans are. The real fans are. Do you want to have that for conference games? I'm sure the NFL would like that. Yeah, because they would control everything. I just don't think that's. I mean, think about think about you, Cap. You're there in Kansas City. Listen to that crowd. Listen how that place rocks. Nope, we're gonna play our games. We're going to play our games in Detroit, the the the, the NFC Championship or the AFC Championship in Detroit. I, I was shocked by the number of Bengals fans here. I mean, everywhere. Yeah, there was big. a ton of Bengals fans at that game. Big. Yesterday. So so it's a shot. I'd rather be at my own home plate. That's what I strive for. It's my why. This is why the 49ers were thirteen and four, or the reason why the Eagles are fourteen and three. They were going for it. Shay. Even though the Bears are left out of the Super Bowl, I want to make sure we don't leave them out because Kansas City and Philadelphia, there is actually a heavy presence with those teams in the Bears' front office. Ryan Poles came from the Chiefs where he was executive director of personnel. And assistant general manager Ian Cunningham came from the Eagles where he was director of player personnel. That means the Bears' front office played a very heavy hand in building both rosters that are in the Super Bowl right now. Mm -hmm. Shot or no shot, this should give Bears fans confidence in this front office. Well, that's a shot, and I wouldn't have said that for Nagy as a head coach because he was just getting Andy Reid's coffee. Now, he's in the building to kind of find out what it's like to be around a, a world-class organization, but being in the front office, I think it does matter some, Poles and Cunningham. Correct. Now, neither one was the ultimate decision-maker. They were part of It's like getting the assistant coach, Nagy, and bringing him here, and it didn't work. I could tell you there was an interview my wife and I were watching in the hotel, Patrick Mahomes talking about a retrospective of the season. And he said, one of the great things I got was Matt Nagy back. And I'm like, what did he say? And my wife said, wow. And he went on to extol the virtues of Matt Nagy. And when he came off the field during a timeout, he didn't walk to Andy Reid. He went right to Nagy. And they're going through plays. And I'm like, hmm, really? Because we ran that dude right out of town. Well, look, you can see that, right? Uh Uh-huh. When you, we take a couple of steps back from how how it was a disaster with him being a head coach here, you can see him on the on the bench, kind of coaching him up, saying, "Here's we're going to accentuate the positives and hide the negatives of what this film says mm-hmm. or what this what says on Microsoft." I can see Nagy being that guy, you know, kind of being that coach in the corner, that trainer for the boxer. Right here, you go, man. You're doing well, but here's here you got to watch this, got to watch that. We're going to be okay. I, Nagy, if, if nothing else, was a positive guy. Oh, very positive. Nice man. Yeah. It wasn't personal. Right. We just all wanted a better coach and a better product. Yeah. That's why to, he and Pace are gone. I talked to Cap about this off the air the other day. Some guys are just coordinators. Nagy's one of them. Nothing wrong with it. Fair. You're just a coordinator. 
Fair. I don't know if we really know that. He had didn't have a great team here. Ryan failed on four number one top ten picks. Uh, Matt made his share of mistakes, but I don't know if you get, if you dropped Matt Nagy onto the Chargers and gave him Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen and Mike. Witt, maybe he would be a good coach. I don't know. He'd break it's, him. It's, it's probably, but it it didn't work here. That's for <laughs> yeah, sure. He'd break him. That's what he have. Do. They hired a coordinator yet? There you go. Let's find out. Get Matt Nagy in there to be the OC. Sure, it could be at some point. Go. Could be. I just I think that. Mahomes saying all those great things about Nagy did not surprise me because of the good guy that Nagy is and someone who's who's like coaching up Nagy and I think they got a rapport from the last time that he was there. Yeah, and the other thing is Eric Bieniemy has been offered two interviews at two different places as offensive coordinator because he doesn't call the plays. Andy Reid does, mm-hmm. which what we heard there was if he leaves, Nagy becomes OC. Okay. The system is the system. The system is the system. Right? Reed still he's still up there. All right. I got the plays here. Don't worry about it. Black coffee for for sugars. Thanks, Matt. All right, here we go. Bacon eggs sausage on two. Here we go. Uh, so good. Biscuit biscuits and syrup. Here we go. On three. That's like that. So it'll be fine because 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 Reed's got the playbook, and they love him. Think about that. Reed's gonna play again his former team. No question. And the Eagles. It's great. All right, Jay. So. All right. Related to our conversation in the first hour, available now the ESPN Chicago app on the podcast. The start to Patrick Mahomes' career cannot really be understated. In five seasons as the starter, he's made the Pro Bowl every season, won MVP <laughs> with his second likely coming in two weeks, made first-team All-Pro twice, including this season, thrown for 5,000 yards twice, won a Super Bowl, will compete for a second, and has a record in his first five seasons as the starter of 64-16. and 16. Shot or no shot, Mahomes' first five years are the best start to a career in sports. In sports, current or ever? Ever. I have to go back. I don't. That. I don't know. I'm going to say no shot, but I, that's just a guess. I'd have to go back through and study that. He's 27. We've never seen. He's the youngest to advance the Super Bowl. Let's see, third third time in four seasons. Third time in the past four seasons. I don't know about ever cap. I'll just say no shot until I can research that. Twitch further. chat saying Gretzky. In in a four year span, you say a four year span in the first five years of five a career, year, five yeah. year span. Yeah, he became the starter in eighteen. He sat in seventeen for a full year. Um, Wayne Gretzky's numbers are insane. Yes, insane. Like you, t- I've told you this before. Get rid of every goal Wayne Gretzky ever scored, and he's still the all time leading scorer in the history of the sport, just on assists. In the era of Gretzky, Snorling would have said. Yeah, but he's got those two defensemen. He's got those guys around him. That goalie. Those, that, he, he would say the goalie's soft, and the guys around him did not allow him to get hit at all. Not one time. I wouldn't have watched hockey. Come on. You would have had a yes. comment, though. It's, a, it's sports. You would have had some thought, though. You wouldn't have watched it, but you would have had a thought. Because that's what you do. The Kool-Aid man would have dissed Wayne Gretzky. Folks are saying Tiger Woods now, too. Tiger in five years. Yeah. Tiger, That's fair. Tiger start to his career was in. Remember, his was first, the Tiger Slam what year four? I don't know. His first Masters, he won by fifteen strokes, unheard of. 
I like I like that Twitch. Um, yeah, Tiger Woods, Wayne Gretzky's a good one as well. But if Mahomes wins another one, Cap, oh man. I mean, right now he's a leader, but he would just start to separate. But but it's so great. I was saying in the open, it's so great that we have these young quarterbacks, twenty seven or younger, that's going to make a difference in this league for the next ten years. So so like Rodgers and Brady are going to be long gone, and the sport's going to be great because they got these young quarterbacks in there. It's going to be it's great. It, it, it's great it for the league. Gr- it is great for the league. All right, we have got to get to uh, our around the NFL. The NFL offseason is underway for 30 teams. So we'll talk about uh, some of the storylines around the league. Don't forget, we're going to hear from Courtney Cronin coming up at 835. Cap and Jay Hood, weekday mornings at 7. Cap and Jay Hood are back. And you know this, man. Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Nick Foles sucks. He sucks. I'm just a fan. I'm not a football evaluator. I love the Green Bay Packers. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. I want winners. He starts to come and then he pulls out. This is a really thickly built guy. I mean, what's the answer you're looking for on these things here? Uh-huh. It's the Captain J. Good Morning Show. On your ride in on ESPN 1000 and on the ESPN Chicago app. Glad to have you in today as we talk about what happened last night. The Super Bowl 57 matchup is set. It is Philadelphia against Kansas City. We got more NFL news. And don't forget, we got Courtney Cronin coming up at 835. But right now, with more, here's Shay Norley. Shay? All right, boys. I want to get started with some of the offseason storylines. And the one place to start for me is, boy, the Cowboys are firing everyone except the guy at the top. Kellen Moore now. And it's been reported as the Kellen Moore and the Cowboys mutually decided to part ways. That to me is always code for you're fired. Uh, Kellen Moore and the Cowboys have mutually decided to part ways and Mike McCarthy's sticking around to hire essentially an entirely new coaching staff after all of the assistants got whacked. So shot or no shot, McCarthy starts to call the plays for the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to say no shot. I think he's going to bring someone in that feels like he can unlock more from Dak Prescott. They're going to go get another receiver to go with C.D. Lamb, a big-time receiver. I'm going to say no shot. He calls the plays. But I do think that team has a lot of talent on it, man. It is. And it's, it, to me, there's a ceiling on their success, Cap. What we saw in the regular season, we said, boy, ferocious defense. They just get the offense right. It's great. What happened to them? Pollard goes down, and all of a sudden the running game goes away. And it's like, wait a minute. What are you paying Ezekiel Elliott for if the running game is destroyed with Pollard out? What's, what's Zeke there for? Zeke's there to be the center at the end of the game and get de- destroyed. That's what he's there to be. wouldn't be shocked if they moved on from Zeke. It wouldn't shock me. It's I'm, not an inabsorbable amount of money anymore either. $11 million dead cap. I'm going to hold you to that when it comes to McCarthy because right now McCarthy's just a beat cop. He's one of these guys like, I don't know what to do with my hands. I'm not the head coach. I'm just a CEO. I don't know if he knows how to do that. So... I'll hold you to that, but I just wonder who they're going to bring in as an OC because McCarthy would love to have that playbook. He probably He'd love would. to do it. Probably right. We'll see. But we'll see, though. And, I'm, and of course, people are going to get fired because someone's got to be accountable for all this underachievement. Everyone, Hoodie. I, the only guy left standing, I believe, is Dan Quinn, and he's likely to get a head coaching gig. No, this year? He's still being, he's among the candidates no, for the he Cardinals. he already announced he over the weekend, I think Friday, that he is staying it. in Dallas as well, the DC. Well, good for them. That is correct. At least you won't have to hire every position on your coaching staff. But I, I'm just, 
Am I wrong for being surprised that McCarthy, like I get general managers getting two coaches, McCarthy getting two entire staffs. (laughs) No, that is bizarre. Uh, But also equally as bizarre as Dan Quinn getting another bite at the apple when Brother Wilkes can't even coach a whole season. Can't even coach two seasons in a row. Right. The one thing Dan Quinn did do, though, took a team to the Super Bowl. Again, they collapsed in the Super Bowl up 20 to 3. But he did have a team in the Super Bowl. Can Brother Wilkes just get a bite? Can he just coach two consecutive years without getting fired? I don't think so. <laughs> Looks like it, right? Correct. All right, Shay, what else do we have? Uh, Dolphins brought in Vic Vangio to be the offensive co- or the defensive coordinator Excuse me, next season. My question about the Dolphins hiring Vic Fangio has nothing to do with the Dolphins. We all heard Fangio was kind of attached at the hip to Sean Payton. Is Sean Payton watch over? Hmm. Well, look, McDaniels is going to stay. He's not getting fired by Miami. No, he's not going anywhere. But to underachieve. Okay, so where do you play Sean Payton? Payton would have been perfect with the Cowboys, would have been perfect with Miami, depending on the quarterback. That's still he sketchy. He would have been perfect in San Diego. San Diego. Or, uh, sorry, L.A. So what's up with that? I said, have all the doors closed? Because if I'm Sean Payton, I don't need a garbage franchise. Yeah, I don't need that. It sounds like he's going to wait another year. What's wrong with that? Right. No rush. Correct. But find find at least a good job with a quarterback that you can mold. Like, if you went to Arizona, what's that? And he's going to miss a good chunk of next season now is the medical reports. I'm in no hurry if I'm Sean Payton. Sit on Colin Coward's couch, do a little Fox, you know, spend time with my family. Cash some checks. A little golf. Yep. When a good job opens up, people know where to find me. I'm not just going to take any job. What about in a year? Let me ask you a question. Bears? Yes. (laughs) What if in a year, Justin Fields takes another step, record's not great, Paul's trades back in this draft, but he gets... A little bit of 23 capital, but more in 24. Uh-huh. So they've got like three number one picks next year. And Sean, Ryan Poles. Oh, boy. You want to come in and coach Justin Fields? Bears. Oh, man. I'm in. I need a good coach to when you open up the stadium to walk in, to march right in. We're a good franchise. Look, it's Sean Payton. And, of course, the Bears can always be able to couch it and be like, Sean Payton. Comes home. Right. Comes back home Former to bear. Former bear shot bait. <laughs> Spare bear. Yeah. Here he comes. Right. <laughs> uh, if I was the owner and I had we had that kind of money. Yes. Done. Let's go. Sean Payton comes Sorry, home. Sorry, Matt. Appreciate everything. Ah, uh, Shay, if you would just if you were growing up in the era to be able to watch a bunch of replacement players play NFL football. Oh my god. Quarterback. Mike Hohensee. And Sean Payton, right? And how about your buddy down at down the dial, the GN, former bear, also a spare bear, was he not? Yeah, Kozlowski. Kozlowski. <laughs> another, another spare bear. Right. Parlayed that into a great broadcasting career. He did. He went to a bunch of the veterans and said, I'm just trying to hang on because he was like an 11th round pick, mm-hmm. leg in a cast from surgery. They picked him, and he went to a bunch of the vets and said, are you guys cool if I keep trying to play to make the team and they said yeah go ahead yeah he got permission from them before he did it yep. spare bears all right jay well how about the latest from rex ryan on sean payton uh on espn yesterday he said with the change in ownership could sean payton and tom brady wind up in washington Ugh. 
A lot of drama around there. Uh, so you're going to re- you going to replace Chico? Yeah, I don't with Sean Payton. I don't see that happening because that they haven't even finalized who's buying the team. I can't, I can't be part of that, Shay, until I know who the owner is, and that thing needs to be cleaned up. Correct. Get that Snyder out of there. That that nonsense in Washington. I need to know who the quarterback is. I'm not. I don't have the first round pick. I don't have a a, a number one pick like the Bears, where I can get myself a quarterback. That's not Heineke. You got to. There's a lot of fixing that need to be done there. Correct. In, that's in, like a Derek Carr. That's uh, what that's. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. fine. What like my thought process when I heard it is how many teams could you just airdrop Sean Payton and Tom Brady wrapped together? What's the result there? Like Cody, I think you're of the belief as well as me. Tom Brady should probably. It's time to just go home. Yeah. If you go to Washington, it's really time to just go home. That like I don't yeah. need to see him in that uniform in that town in that stadium. I mean, he. Had, I don't need that. He had every opportunity to write his own storybook ending, and he just kept playing. This is what he enjoys doing. But and, but if he wants to write it that way, that's a hell of a book at the end, though, Cap. How did you end your career? On my back, looking up at the lights every single game. Yeah. You want to do that? No. You have enough money to take care of your family and your kids and their kids' kids, but he just wants to keep playing. He just uh, looked at property I was reading uh, in Miami, a house, because his kids are down there. Well, they need a quarterback, sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I mean, just because I don't know what Tua is for the future. <sighs> All right, Shay. Well, speaking of Brady and uh, being a quarterback someplace, did Brock Purdy's injury yesterday really open the door? Is Brady a niner? Well, it's a great question. I would think they have, uh, Purdy talked about how his elbow was in a lot of pain. UCL. And they think. That it won't require surgery, but they're going to do the MRI today. If that says he needs Tommy John surgery, well, then that knocks him out for a year and a half, while. maybe. You know what? But it's not a conversation. The seventh round pick got on a heater with a good football team, especially a good defense. Yeah. All right. Upgrade the position. Correct. If you feel you're close, ask Brady to play for you for one year, a one year deal. But this whole idea about, boy, what's going to happen now with Brock Purdy? F Brock Purdy. Get out of here with that, man. Right. This whole thing with Trey Lance over here, Garoppolo over here, Purdy. I, he was nice for a few for a few weeks, Cap, but that's... Garoppolo's you know that's a free agent. He's not going to be back that's there, I the wouldn't answer. think. Come on, stop. Like, Purdy's the answer like Zappy's the answer in New England. Correct. Come on. But get, find a real... You, you are a, a good football team that could be in the Super Bowl, but you fell short because of the quarterback. Where's Aaron going? Find one. Well, that's a good spot for him, too. Yeah, he's from up close. there. You feel you're close? Yeah. Go ahead and, and, dude, but just don't mess around. Like, now we're going to hear this all off season. What do the 49ers do with Brock Purdy? Sit his ass on the bench. That's what you do with him. Exactly. What? It's not a story. Purdy. To the side. Okay. Nice little story. Thanks for leading us, but you couldn't get it done. But the big question out of all of this is, what do you do with Trey Lance? Agreed. Well said. Jay, <laughs> I don't know about you, Cap, but I, if, I'm, if I'm a team, I trade three first-round picks for him. That's what I would do. Shay. Wow. (laughs) All right, boys. It's kind of eerie how similar it is in Green Bay right now to the end of the Brett Favre era, especially when you consider they were both linked to the Jets, Rodgers and Favre. Uh, This from Adam Schefter over the weekend. League sources are convinced the franchise prefers to move on from Rodgers just as it once did with Brett Favre. 
basically a shot or no shot here. This time it's actually real. He's leaving Green Bay. Boy, I don't know how you swallow a $49 million. What is it? $49 million dead cap? Is I that believe it turns was? into you 15 if you prorate it after June 1st. You got the 49. That's right. So what do you do? If you do this, you're basically punting on next season, right? Yes. You're taking all the dead cap hit, whatever that number ends up being. How are you adding more talent? Unless you think love is the guy. What if, right. he's, what if he's good? What if he's the next Aaron? <laughs> oh, no. That would no! be insane. I'll be, I'll be screaming into a microphone. How can you go seamlessly from Favre to Rodgers to love and never miss a beat? Right. Ah, and everyone who says you got to play the rookie you draft for the first year. Uh, actually, you sat Aaron for three years. You sat Jordan Love for four years. I mean, Patrick Mahomes sat for a year. Yeah. It's the guy at work that always complains about the job, Shay. That's who Aaron Rodgers is. I hate it here. I hate this job. I hate my bosses. I hate my teammates. God. But you keep showing up every day. That's Aaron. That's there. Bitching about the team, unhappy. This has to change. He does this every year, and then all of a sudden he comes right back to the right through the doors and plays again. I'm here. I thought you hated it. I thought you hated it here. For me, I would love to have him back if I was the Packers. Bears. But I have to know, Aaron, you got to be here for minicamp, the whole deal. Yeah, he's got to take the offseason serious. Enough of this, I'm not going to do anything with you in the offseason. Then I'm going to blame everybody else when the receivers aren't ready to go with me. And that is our look around the National Football League. We'll continue with Courtney Cronin with more thoughts about what we saw yesterday as Cap continues to thaw out here from Kansas, from Kansas City. City. Still still thawing out. Still such an amazing experience. He's still cold. Cap and Jay Hood on ESPN 1000, 100.3 HD2. Here's today's headlines, headlines. with Cap and Jay Hood. The Super Bowl is set. The Chiefs will play the Eagles in Super Bowl 57 in Glendale, marking Patrick Mahomes' third Super Bowl appearance in five years. Candace Parker signed with the Las Vegas Aces in free agency, ending her two-year run with Chicago. Also, Billy Donovan says Lonzo Ball is nowhere near playing. He'll make the decision whether or not he's going to play during the All-Star break. And the UIC Flames, they lose to Bradley by the score of 83-76 on Kevin J. Hood. If you miss something, get the podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. Cap and Jay Hood are back on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Courtney Cronin, National Chicago Bears reporter for ESPN. I think you have to temper expectations if you are a Bears fan, just given everything that this team had to kind of undo. Breaking down the Bears and the latest NFL storylines. Team transcendent quarterback Ross is not this guy. You know, he's very legacy conscious. He wanted to go to Denver and build something and win a Super Bowl there. Courtney Cronin with Kevin J. Hood on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Sports. Courtney Cronin covers the Bears of the National Football League for ESPN. She joins us this morning on the Cap and J Hood Morning Show. Courtney, good morning. How are you? I punch him up here. Hey, Courtney, how are you? Hey, guys, I'm great. How are you? What's we're, up, Double C? We're doing well. Uh, we're just uh, going back and forth about the games that we saw yesterday. We'll start with Kansas City and Cincinnati for you, just getting your thoughts. I mean, we were talking about Patrick Mahomes. 
Do you, where do you place him amongst the best quarterbacks in the NFL today? Because Shea said that he's the best quarterback that he's ever seen. And keep in mind that Shea's a Patriot fan that watched Tom Brady. So where do you place Mahomes amongst the best? I mean, I, I have to agree with Shea on that. I mean, and, and it's, I think we have to look at this in eras because we get we fall prisoner to the moment of what we're seeing right now. And that doesn't, like, take away from the greatness that was Tom Brady during his prime and basically up in, you know, up through the year they won the Super Bowl in Tampa in 2020. But what Patrick Mahomes is doing right now and, and looking at what he did yesterday on a hobbled ankle, a high ankle sprain that usually takes players three weeks to recover from. I mean, let's think about Mac Jones. And like, I thought he was, I thought he was dying when they took him off the field. Cause you remember he kind of had that Paul Pierce sort of moment where his facial expression told the story after he injured his ankle and got a high ankle sprain. He was out for several weeks before he came back in to play. And Patrick Mahomes has six, seven days of, you know, in between game time. And what he was able to do, we'll remember that five-yard scramble at the end of the game, truly as like telling the story of that, of what he was, uh, just really his toughness, honestly. I mean, that's remarkable. And seeing what Patrick Mahomes did this entire season, he's the MVP. There's no denying that. And he's going to be facing another great quarterback in the Super Bowl in Jalen Hurts. I thought it was a compelling storyline this season to watch the two of them really through the month of November and then into December kind of duke it out for that award. But the magic that Mahomes can make on his own when he's not at 100% health, where he doesn't need to, you know, he can win from the pocket. And he doesn't have to be the guy who gets outside of the pocket and is constantly making throws on the run. I mean, you saw the injury pop up for him yesterday and kind of limit what he can do. And he found a way around that. And I think that that's just the greatness that is Patrick Mahomes, where if there is an issue in his way, he finds some sort of workaround that the normal quarterback and even the elite quarterbacks can find difficult to do. Watching that game yesterday, I was there in Kansas City. The environment is insane. But if Joe Burrow finds a way to win that game, Courtney, He's 4-0 and the last four against the Chiefs, at least two of those four, in Arrowhead. Where would he rank then? Because that guy's a killer. I mean, he's a top-five quarterback for sure. Uh, I know I saw. I heard Keyshawn Johnson say something the other day that I vehemently disagreed with, that Joe Burrow can never be the face of the NFL. I just find that so, <laughs> it's so untrue because look at what this guy has done against the Kansas City Chiefs, a team that is going to the Super Bowl, and had it not been for a late hit on Joseph Osai that gave them that 15-yard penalty to set up the game-winning field goal, who knows how this game would have ended if it went to overtime. Burrow battled yesterday. I know he threw the two picks, and... You know, it wasn't his best performance, but he's – I mean, you, you've got a great era of quarterbacks right now where it's Patrick Mahomes, the clear front runner ahead of the Jalen Hurts, the Joe Burrows, the Josh Allens. But this changing of the guard that we saw really start a couple years ago, we're now going to start to see these guys get into their primes because most of them – I mean, Burrows eligible for the extension this offseason. He'll sign it. Jalen Hurts, eligible for the extension this offseason. He'll sign it and probably be a very handsomely played quarterback at that. Like that, I think it's a good thing for the NFL right now because the Aaron Rodgers, the Russell Wilsons, the Tom Brady's, they're more on their way out than they are on their way in mm-hmm. in doing something that we haven't seen before. And, we've, you know, I like the battles that we see in the AFC. Hopefully the NFC can start to, you know, even things out with quarterbacks, not, not just be such a top-heavy league where you've got like two or three, whereas in the AFC, 
you know, those three names I mentioned, and you've got Justin Herbert in the mix, too. I mean, it's a good state for quarterbacks, despite what we saw yesterday in that San Francisco game that might lead you to believe otherwise. You know, you've got five, six, maybe even seven guys who are going to be controlling this league for years to come, and Joe Burrow is very much in that mix. I want to talk to you a little bit about what happened with Joseph Asai. It's one of these things where, you know, there's so many other opportunities for the Bengals to succeed and try to help win that ball game, including that uh, that grounding, intentional grounding on Burrow, which was just bizarre. And then, of course, the interceptions didn't help either. But, of course, everyone focuses on Joseph Asai, and rightfully so. It's the, it's the play that you'll always remember, Courtney, where he's trying to make a play, and then he's he's tackling Patrick Mahomes out of bounds. Just want to get your thoughts on how this has all been handled, more so than the play, but how this has been handled because everyone's on Osai. We saw him crying on the on the bench. He feels bad about it. He's 22, and he makes a, a horrible play there because Mahomes is clearly out of bounds. How do you think? What do you think of the coverage of Osai? He was one second too late for the biggest play of his life. Like he's 22 years old, he'll learn from it. You saw a lot of raw emotion, though. From I mean, first off, he tore up his knee pretty good on that. I know after the game he said he was going to get an MRI. Mm-hmm. So literally adding injury to insult there. So we'll flip that. I mean, it was, just, it was just a bad sequence of events. And personally, and I was watching the game with my mom yesterday, and, so she, and you know, she's not like as versed in it as most of us, but she's like, what could he have done? Inertia takes over there. The man's 200-plus pounds. How do you want him? Do you want, if you if he tucks or if he stops if he pulls up, then Patrick Mahomes is potentially going to like tuck and run and stay in bounds. Like he, I don't know what more he could have done here. And I don't know. The first thing that came to mind for me with Osai in that play, it wasn't so egregious. He pushed him. It's not like he, you know, dove into him, tackling out of, tackling him out of bounds and like attempting to hurt him. He's trying to push him out of bounds. Do you guys remember when Kyler Gordon had that same thing happen to him on, mm-hmm. the, on the visitor sideline against, I believe it was Detroit? Yes. yes. And the big penalty there, and then I think it was the Jalen Johnson penalty like a couple plays later, and that led to a touchdown. I just, I don't know. I feel like the NFL's kind of got to reevaluate that rule. We try to protect quarterbacks at all costs, and that's fine. But when you're thinking about the laws of physics and what you're asking people to do when they're in, ch- the ch- you know, they're, they're in pursuit, he was in chase right then, I'm not so sure he could have done anything differently. And so the way that it's been covered, I think there are some people who understand that. Of course, in the moment, and you you heard his teammate, Jermaine Pratt, screaming at him as they're going to the locker room saying, why would you touch the quarterback on the last series? That raw emotion is, is valid, but when you take a step back and look at it, you know, it's not like he was intentionally trying to do that. You're in the moment. You're going full speed. I don't honestly know what Thing, what he could have done differently because, it, again, if he doesn't make that play, Mahomes could have ducked back inside and, you know, gone. It was, he picked up the first down. He could have picked up even more than that and put them in field goal range all on his own. So I, I'm i in the camp where it's uh, there are plenty more plays that you can blame the Bengals for and blame officiating for, honestly. That was one of the worst officiated games we had seen when you go back to that third down and the replay on third down because the play clock started and it wasn't supposed to and somehow they couldn't hear the field judge trying to say something about it it's you can't boil it down to that one play is the reason that the Bengals lost we want to talk bears with courtney so we will find out the latest goings on with ryan poles and his staff and more around the nfl with courtney cronin that's coming up next on cap and jay hood on espn 1000 you're listening to cap and jay hood 
Follow the show on Instagram at the Catman and at IGJ Hood. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Captain Jay Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. As we talk about what happened yesterday with the National Football League, we, the Super Bowl 57 matchup is set. Eagles and Chiefs. Ten years ago, I guess, yes, ten years ago, right? It was Andy Reid as the head coach for Philly. It was fired by Philly. Correct. And now look at him. Look at him. Who's, who's more of the model franchise, according for you? Is it the Eagles or the Chiefs? I've, I've been leading Eagles and Howie Roseman for quite some time. But uh, what about you between those two? The model franchise that you like the most? I mean, the way that the Eagles, like, retooled and restructured their roster after 2017 and making it to the Super Bowl, and then a couple years later in 2020, they were kind of at rock bottom in the NFL. They end up firing Doug Peterson after that season. They have a quarterback switch. I The way that they've gotten back to this stage of the game, because I covered that last NFC championship, when it was in Philadelphia during the 17th season, I I just think that they've got it. They've got the right model right now. I mean, because I remember the years where Kansas City, when I was covering the AFC West, like their come up, and they were terrible for years. I mean, you got to think about all of those like early 2010s Kansas City teams that were not very good. And once you get the quarterback position right for both teams, we can see this very clearly. Like it makes things a lot easier, and especially when you have a quarterback in both cases where you can win with them on their rookie deals. The Chiefs did it with Patrick Mahomes in 2018. The Eagles are, you know, a game away from doing it with Jalen Hurts. And I I think both teams have certainly done a terrific job of roster construction, certainly some of the moves that they've pulled off in free agency. I mean, you look at how not having Tyreek Hill has not affected Patrick Mahomes this year. But um, my my – I'll probably give the upper hand at least right now just because of how frequently they've been able to do it after going through a very quick rebuild in Philly. I give Philly the upper hand. So let's talk about the Chicago Bears because, you know, we know how far the Gulf is. They're the worst team in the NFL. They're picking one for a reason. Two, we're down to the final two teams in the Super Bowl. Do you think Ryan Poles is looking, because I keep hearing from people I trust, He's looking to get draft capital, not only this year, but he wants picks in 24 so that maybe he could move up or, if they don't have a great season, get Marvin Harrison Jr., who looks like he's the best receiving prospect to come along in eons. What do you think his plan is? Quick contention, win eight, nine games if he can in 23? Or, no, it's a slower rebuild, but he's trying to build it for long-lasting success? Yeah, I mean, I think the deliberate part of the rebuild uh, in his approach is we've seen it so far. I don't see why he would stray from that plan. And, you know, the draft capital for him, I remember sitting in the, the Nunwooten Scouting Fellowship is something that takes place every year in the NFL where they give people, either former players or people who want to get into scouting, they give them a look uh, at how to do it through internships and, you know, meetings with, you know, league executives. And I actually got a chance to sit in on a session with polls back in two, the summer of 2021 when he was um, he was still with Kansas City at that point in an EVP role of, of, I think it was DPP at that point. But nonetheless, one of the first things I took away from Ryan Poles long before I got to know him with the Bears is that he was going to build through the draft and that he, his college scouting background was going to 
know, be what leads him to building a roster. And doing that, you have to have him, you know, draft capital, which is why we saw at the deadline him offload Roquan Smith, offload Robert Quinn, and, and get draft picks back in the process. Now, as it pertains to what they do at one this year, I know that you've seen a lot of mock drafts. You know, Mel Kuyper just put one out, and he has them actually taking Jalen Carter at one. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens, but in an ideal world, Poles is able to trade back and not only you know move around in the first round this year, but get that 2024 first rounder in the process because the more first round picks you have, and if you can become a good team in the process of that, where it's not that you're drafting high up in the first round because of you know a poor record, it's because of the planning that you do a year, two years before that. That's going to make you. That's going to create a better roster. So I think that that's probably where he's eyeing it. You know, get more as much draft capital as you can. But if if the offers aren't there, ones that he wants, he's going to end up staying at one. Like I can't, you can't fault him for doing that as, as well and getting a player who can be an immediate impact player for the Bears next season. You know, you are right, Courtney. When you talk about how bad the officiating was in the AFC title game, so Ron Torbert was asked by Ben Baby from ESPN uh, from ESPN dot com who covers the Bengals. He goes. First off, can you just explain the ruling that led to the replayed third down? And Torbert, the official, says on the previous play, there was an incomplete pass. We spotted the ball, but the line judge came in and he respotted the ball because the spot was off. We reset the play clock uh, and then the game clock started running. It should not have started running because there was an incomplete pass on the previous play. The field judge noticed that the game clock was running. He was coming in to shut down the play so he can get the clock fixed, but nobody heard him, and then the play was run. After the play was over, he came in, and we discussed that he was trying to shut down the play before the, the ball had been snapped. So we reset the game clock back to where it was before that snap and then replayed the third down. That's just horrible. Horrible. Unbelievable. Yeah. And Ron Torbert was on the he led the officiating crew last year in the Super Bowl. Remember that late DPI call that was the stupidest call that we saw in that game, a game that had several questionable ones that when the um, when the Rams were in the red zone and that led to their go ahead touchdown like late in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Same 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 officiating crew, so this it might be a common news. Hold on a second. On Chicago's home for sports, ESPN one thousand. Breaking news here on Cap and Jay Hood. We turn it over to intrepid reporter David Kaplan. We have sad news. The Daily Herald is reporting two, clo- two sources close to former Blackhawks superstar Bobby Hall confirmed he has died this morning at the age of 84. One of the great athletes in the history of Chicago sports. Bobby Hall gone at the age of 84 just celebrated a birthday on january the third so yeah so uh the passing of bobby hull wow now this is your era cap and of course we've known him as an ambassador and around the organization for quite some time there were a lot of people who felt if you did a mount rushmore of the four best in chicago sports history at one time there were people that would put bobby hull on that list i don't think that's still accurate but he was an amazing, amazing hockey player, and coming back into the Blackhawk organization was a huge thing at that time in 2010. Yeah, you know, I guess before the championship run for the Blackhawks, I, you're right, Hull would probably be on that Mount Rushmore, but because of the championships and the greatness of Taves and Kane, it's advanced more, because I would have put Hull up there with, you know, for me, my era of Blackhawks hockey is the, the Savard era, mm-hmm. the Sagua Fair, uh, Larmer, Secord, 
uh, Savard, Orville, Tessier teams. Correct. Those are the teams that I remember in the 80s. Correct. The 80s and the 90s. But Bobby Hull left to go to play in the WHA, mm-hmm. the Winnipeg Jets, and then ended up coming back to the Blackhawk organization in 2010. But, yeah, sad news. He was always great to me to deal with. He was always accommodating for autographs for fans. Uh, but Bobby Hull has died this morning, according to the Daily Herald, at the age of 84. Coming up next, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles are going to the promised land. Is this the blueprint for success for the Bears and Justin Fields? We'll talk about that in two minutes. Cap and Jay Hood on Chicago's Home for Sports.